on this episode of It's a Funny Your Life podcast, I will be joined by current Welsh boxer and current title holder, Jay Harris. Hi, I'm with that. Hello. Yeah, it's working. Yeah, that's good. So, um, thanks for coming on today, Jay. It's not, no worries. There is a video one, it's not, is it? No, this is just like a radio one sort of thing. Oh, I got you. Right. Like he'll go on like Spotify and all that, like that. All right, no worries. All right, so, uh, so thanks for coming on. Um, how are you? Yeah, I'm very good, thanks. Um, just been out for a walk with a dog and a baby. Um, and it's a nice day, so I'm happy. That's good. Very nice to hear. So, um, so you recently or like yesterday, you've um. MT, MTK Global announced a fight that you're going to be doing for the IBF flyweight title against Ricardo Rafael Sandoval in May. Um, so how are you like approaching this fight? Like how are you feeling about it? Yeah, I think it's a, a it's a great fight. It's, it's not for the world flyweight title yet. Um, it's a final eliminator. So pretty much, um, whoever wins after that gets to fight for the title the, ne- the next fight. So it's a massive opportunity. Um, as I said, if if I win the fight. Which I think I should. Um, I get to fight for another world title. It'd be my second chance at it. So, um, yeah, it's a very good fight. He's got the same sort of record as me. Um, I watched uh, a couple of bits of videos of him not so long back when when I first heard about it. Um, he seems pretty pretty strong, um, but he is quite young. He's only about twenty two, I think. But he looks looks twenty two. He looks quite young. Um, yeah, he looks quite strong. Got a good, uh, good body shot selection. So and a good overhand right. So it should be pretty good. It should be an exciting fight. Yeah, I'll definitely be rooting for you on that one. Oh, next one. <laughs> yeah. Um. So how? So talk to us about like when you first started. Like how was like how was your childhood and like what sports did you play growing up or what hobbies did you have when you were growing up? Um. I had a good childhood. I I tried pretty much every sport going. Um, I had to go football, rugby. I I when I was um a proper kid, I was t- tried gymnastics. I tried swimming. Um, yeah, I tried tried that. I had to go to everything, and uh, obviously, I was too small for rugby. I wasn't very good at football. <laughs> um, and then when I was about twelve years old. A friend introduced me to a boxing gym, and it just stuck, and I enjoyed it. My dad came up uh, when I went back, and I, I asked my dad if, well, I didn't ask my dad. I went back to my my dad, and he was like, "Oh, where have you been?" And I told him I was it was in the boxing gym, and he couldn't believe it. Like, and then um, he said, right from now on, and he said, if you're gonna do it properly, I'll I'll train you, and and that's how I started, and then from ever since then, I, I, that's how. I won a couple of Welsh titles when I was I won a British title and then I turned over pro when about twenty one years old I think. Ah, so is your dad your boxing trainer? Like yeah, he is. Yeah, right, your trainer. Ah, yeah. He, my dad used to um he used to box when he was as well. See, so he was like British featherweight champion when back in I think maybe, maybe the eighties, wow. and uh, so he he was at a good level himself. My dad was, um. He fought Floyd Avid, if you if you don't if you might not know the name, but he was a good fighter years ago. Um and he, he was in like an era where, where boxing was pretty much booming at the time. 
and there's loads of good fighters around. Ah, that's handy that your dad's that that's your dad's a trainer. That's it's good that he that he used to be a boxer as well. So like he runs in the family. Yeah, well he he gives me like loads of well as he was growing up and stuff. Um, obviously he's trying to not make me do the same mistakes that he made when he was he was doing all of the boxing because it was a, a different era. He used to go out a lot and drink and stuff like that, and it was, it was he didn't really take it as seriously as he should. Um, so he's trying to stop me from doing making the same mistake pretty much, and, and so far it's been it's been great. As I can't fault it. Mm, that's good. That um, so did you was that the did boxing gym that you said you were saying for about attending when you were told was that the only gym you went to, or did you attend other gyms before or previous after that? Well, I, I started in the Gwent ABC in Swansea. Um, then I think around about fifteen. I think I went to the Premier, and then when I was about when I turned over, I moved back in the Gwent ABC, end, and um, that's where I've been ever since. But I, I do make the trip now as I'm a professional up to Cardiff um, with Gary Lockett, and the, he's got a good good stable of professionals up there, so it's good to mix in with all the boys up there, and uh, we're all a good good group of boys, and it's yeah, it's just nice to to get up there now and again. Yeah. Um. So when when did you turn like when do your amateur fights? Which um, which one of the amateur fights was like the hardest one that you had? Like the amateur. Um. There was a Scottish boy called Rocky. Rocky Wright, I think his name was. Um. I I fought him in the 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 British final twice. I did. Um. And the first time. I, he, he beat me up on the first time, I think. And then the second time, it was a bit closer, but he, st- he still won. Um, I think think that was probably the hardest fight I had as, a, as an amateur. He was a good fighter, he was. He, he went on to win quite a bit as well. But I don't know what he's doing now. I am with a clip. So your first proper like, professional fight was in 2013 against Brett. Wow. Phil, yeah, Brett. Yeah, Brett Fiddle. Yeah, and it was in Newport. What What did that mean to you being called up like, as a professional? Like, like being told you could play, do a be a professional boxer. How oh, it was great. Feel? Um, it's it's what I've always wanted to do. Any when it, when I was like an amateur. Um, when I was getting to the the age of like 21, 20, 21, stuff like that. I, I wanted to turn pro anyway. Um, but it was just trying to fight because it. It was all different. It's all different now with like the ticket selling and all that. So you pretty much. So it was an exciting journey, I would say, to, to turn professional because my well, my dad wanted me to go professional and for, like pretty much following his footsteps really and see if, see how much we we could win and yeah to do it in Newport as well, which was in, is in Wales. Um, I think the promoter at the time was Sammy Sims at the time. And I brought all my mates there, and we took a good food crowd up. It was it was really good. It was class as it goes. Um, yeah, it really meant a lot to turn over, and it was a good win as well because Brett Fiddle now. Yeah, because you not fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Brett Fiddle now. Bloody hell, he's been with in with everyone. I think every prospect in Britain. I think he's been in with from like flyweight up to like feather. And 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 he's um. So he's obviously so when he first fought you, he was like, I think was he 
Was is your your whole career of your fighting being um, flyweight? Your whole oh career? no, not not at the start. It wasn't. It started off. Um, I think I think I was going to try and start a super fly. It was because I didn't at the time. I well, I don't think I made flyweight until I was like the last time I made flyweight was like fifty. I was like fifteen years old, so I thought I I grew out of it. But um, we did a couple of shot. Well, obviously the my professional debut. I I weighed in like eight three. And then a couple of them after it, um, I think, which one was it? There was a guy in Newcastle, I fought in Newcastle, and it was on the day weigh-in. And that's Got the one, yeah. Is. And um, he, I weighed an eight stone one on that on the day. So from then on, like Guy Lott and my dad pretty much said, Look, you're a flyweight, so you might as well you weigh eight stone one on the day, so you, you can do eight stone no problem if like day before. And to be fair, I, I've been making it comfortable ever ever since. The last two pounds, obviously, quite hard, um, but I've I've made it quite well, and that's what we've been competing at. But I bounced between a couple of weights. I've banned um, I I think I think Ricky Leach was like feather, I think. Mm, the Ricky Leach in yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I yeah. um, I think I I weighed in bloody eight ten something like that maybe maybe further weight something like that something like I was it was quite high anyway. Ah, so is fe- is featherweight if not featherweight flyweight is that like for the people who are like like slim flighters like eight stone one land yeah eight stone is flyweight flies. see and then you got super flyweight which is eight three eight stone three and you got bantam which is eight six and then eight eight nine super bantam feather i think is nine stone and then so on then uh, but flyweight oh, one of the smallest right. weights things. And then you, got, you have got one oh, underneath right. me which is like minimum weight or like fly which is like something like seven thirty. Maybe a bit like that. It's just oh. crazy. Yeah, I don't even. I don't really understand how it all works, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, so your first title, which was the Air Commonwealth Flyweight title, on your on exactly your yeah, tenth yeah. fight, which was against Thomas yeah. Somba in twenty seventeen. Well, I was when you when you realized that you'd actually won the fight. What? What what satisf- what satisfaction did it actually give oh, you? Oh, it was like, an unbelievable feeling. I think that's, that's that's I think the first title moment that one was probably one of the best ones I've had in in boxing. I think um, considering the fight was really really tough as well because the Somba is a is a very good he's a very good fighter and he's really tough. Um, yeah, it meant a lot um, because through the amateurs and and we had a bit of bad luck going through the professionals and stuff like that. It the, the first title was, was brilliant. Like it was unbelievable. The feeling is um unreal. Yeah. Well, yeah almost, I mean if I ever won a title it'd be like probably the best feeling. Oh no it is honestly because mm-hmm. when you like do all the training and the diet and, and you finally get the fight and it's for a title and then you win this it just makes it all worthwhile then, do you know what I mean? Yeah definitely. Because I wanna be well because I I'm training at the moment at um the inclusive hub, which is quite close where where I live in um Kirkdale, and there's two people that run in it. So I think some people are actually there that want to be boxers, and um 
I mean, I don't think I really want to like do the fighting part, but I like training. You like, like doing training the training part, too? Like, like doing boxing training. Yeah, yeah, I, lo- I love it. I'd go every Saturday and Sunday. It's oh, really, good. It's really good. Where are you from, anyway? Yeah, I thought so. I, I've been up there a couple of times far in Liverpool. I went. I used to go to the um, Everton Red Triangle. Yeah, um, I've got some another boxer coming on my podcast soon, and he's um, he used to train in the Everton Red Triangle. Name? Yeah, he's, he's retired now. He used to flyweight British champion. He was. I yeah, know who he is. Um, yeah, they got a good gym. See, the Everton Red yeah, Triangle. They got a really good. good gym. They got they did have like Jazza Dickens, and um, they got. Okay. Yeah, he was there when I was I was sparring up there. I did a couple of rounds of Jazza. Um. Well, that's Nick Ball, uh, Shakespeare. Um, there's a few few fighters up there. Good good fighter, Brandon Dorad. He was he was up there. Oh God, Jesus! I didn't know. I, didn't, I mean, I know I'm not, I know Jazz of Dickens. I didn't I didn't know he. Yeah, he did. In, I don't know if he still does. But he, when I went up there, he was there. Wow! And and he's like he's like a yeah, very good, good Jazz. Very good. He's he's fighting for a world title now, isn't he. Um, Kid Galahad. Um, I've not really been keeping up to date. I've I've seen his profile on like on the social media, but I've not really been keeping up to date with what he's doing. But I know I know I know he's a good fighter. But yeah, wow, no, that's that's <laughs> crazy. Um, um, so you've won the Commonwealth title a few times because you've retained it. Um, you've got the European flyweight title and the. You won the vacant IBF in yeah, right, Intercontinental yeah. Flyweight title. Uh, which which title actually gave you the most satisfaction? Which one did was like meant the well, most? Well, they all they all mean a lot. Um, uh, individually, like because the Commonwealth title was my first one. The EBU one it gets you a good high ranking and, and gets you world rated. But the, the... sorry, I don't. That's okay. Um, but um, I think the one that was really good was the Paddy Barnes one for the IBF Intercontinental because Paddy Barnes was like such a big name um, in the amateurs and stuff like that. Um, I knew like winning winning that fight and the whole trip and, ex- and the build up to the fight and everything was was just brilliant. It was and. Um, we had a hell of a laugh after it. Um, it was no like bad blood blood between us both, uh, me and Paddy. But to to win that, I knew like it would cement like a world world title shot at some point. So that one would probably meant probably the most. Mm, Paddy Barnes, you got yeah, one, yeah, Ireland, Belfast, Belfast, Ulster Hall. Yeah, oh, that was your yeah, that's right, yeah, fight. And you and you'd won all you'd won all your fights until the eighteenth one, which was against Julio yeah, that was for Martinez. The... That was for the WB WBC That's right, yeah. title. Yeah. Oh, that must have been heartbreaking when you lost that. It must have been like because that's like a good another that's would have been another title to you. Yeah, it was a world title it was. And um obviously uh that two season Martinez Previous fights, he beat Charlie Edwards and uh, Andrew Selby. Stopped them, well, stopped them both pretty much. Um, and then we got the call in. Um, we got the call saying, "Yeah, 
would you like this fight? It's for the WBC world title. We had like eight weeks or seven weeks training. Um, and it was just a no-brainer. It was it's for the highest honour you can, can have in boxing, pretty much. And, um, yeah, it was just mm. a no-brainer and just said yes straight away. And um, it's got straight, straight to training. Even, But even though I lost that fight, I, I, had a, I gained a lot of fans for my fight because previous that uh, all all his other opponents got stopped or knocked out or they just got beat up. But um, I give it good good as I got and uh give him a hell of a close fight. I think some of the round, well one round was one judge had it quite far, which was stupid, and the other one had it by three rounds and the other one had it by two rounds. So fight, yeah. So yeah. Very confusing. And that was in um, yeah, the Yeah, Texas US, first trip to America as well as, as a boxer. Um yeah, and and it was on like a matchroom bill, so uh, Eddie Earn, and so they, oh, so yeah, pretty yeah, much they yeah. just treated us like, like we had cl- lovely rooms, all the food was lovely, the free and stuff like that, and we were in Dallas, Texas, and right next to the Dallas Dallas Cowboys Stadium, and it was just a just brilliant. It was the old build up was class. Yeah. Well, it must be it must be good being like a boxer like that, getting oh, to yeah. travel to all different countries. Like yeah, that, that must be you know. It is going to different places and uh, seeing different cities and stuff like that. It's, um, it is awesome because I, I think I've been sparring as well um, around the world. I went to Ukraine, been different places sparring as well. It's, it's just part of the job, isn't it? It's great, like yeah. Your most recent fight was against Marcel Braithwaite, which was in October of this year, and that was during this pandemic, which we're on now, and I assume no, no, no one was no. there to watch it. It was a... So that, that, must, that must have been hard, because like, does your like parents or, like, come to most fights? Yeah, near enough, all of them, my parents, my girlfriend, all my mates come. Um, I normally have a good crowd going wherever I go, but this... Like the fight come up, and obviously you you have to take it no matter what because otherwise you you don't really know how long this pandemic's going to last for and what uh, what sort of situation we're going to be. So it was good to get back out and get good to get a call to say that that I could fight. Um, but it was just all weird like going in because literally no one, no one as soon there. as you, you you ring walk music goes off and you think you're trying to get up for it and you look around and there's like no people anywhere. The only people there is the the judges oh. around the ring and the the ring and your corner men pretty much, even the commentators and stuff are miles away from you. And what's mad about it? Everybody's tested, see, and everyone that's got to be there is is tested um as a at a negative test. So I don't understand why it's the, everyone's so far away. But it's it's what you have to do, and you have to wear masks and stuff like that. And well, the trainers do anyway, even though they've. They had a negative test. They got to wear a mask and a visor, trying to talk to you. And it's bloody hard to hear them when they got that stupid mask on their face. Yeah, I don't know. Thank God this, because these announced that we're going to get be off this lockdown in in Liverpool in June. So that'll be it'll be oh, yeah, not to wear right. the masks anymore. Especially, but yeah, I want. I think everybody's in the same situation, and they all want like back to normal now, don't they? Yeah, exactly. It's just when it's true, they're not better than look better when we get back. Yeah, to of normal, course it will be definitely. Yeah. yeah, 
Um, how when you have fights, how nervous do you ever get like really every time nervous before fights? No matter who I fight, yeah, no matter who I fight, to be someone shocking and I'd still get bloody nervous. It's um, it's just a. I think it's just the way. I think if you don't get nervous, there's something wrong with you. I think. Yeah. Oh, I know, yeah, because I know, I know. If you'd have ever asked a boxer if they got nerves before fights, and you just went no, then you know they just. It's good to have nerves. I truth. think that little bit of nerves in 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 your stomach, because um, you can yeah you can let let nerves. You can either let them take take over and get the better, or you can use them as your advantage, and it gives you like that little extra boost. It gives you that extra sharpness and uh, focus in the ring, like. Yeah, um, who was your was your toppers opponent? The Julio Cesar Martinez, who you lost the fight to, or was there any other ones that were uh, equally as my toughest tough fight as was him? that one? Yeah, definitely. Um, and Thomas Asomba probably was was up there as well. That was a tough fight as well. Which was that was that Thomas Asomba was the yeah was yeah the, when you won your yeah. first top title. Yeah, that was a tough one as well. Um, and obviously Cesar Martinez was. Was up there as well. Yeah, if you could, if you if you could have one dream fight against any boxer in the world, um, who would it be against my favorite fighter, right, is Sugar Ray Leonard, or um, Marquez, John Manuel Marquez. I think one of them too. Just to be in the ring with either one would be class. Well, I bet you it would. Um, so I've. This is the final question, and then I've got no more. Then, so is there any advice you'd give to any young aspiring boxers like want to um, grow up and be a boxer? Always take it seriously because boxing is a tough sport. Um, you normally see boxers, uh, <laughs> what they would be when they when they make like reach eighteen and stuff when they're allowed to go out and and party and stuff like that. If they if they're gonna stick at it, but um, yeah, dedication is probably. The main one you gotta have a lot of dedication in boxing is with the diet and stuff like that. You gotta have it. Yeah, if yeah, yeah. Patience, then, yeah. patience is another good one because not everything comes all at once. That's what I've learned anyway. Patience is a is a good key to have in uh in boxing definitely. Yeah, patience honestly, is yeah. a virtue. Yeah, I've definitely. I've heard that one quite a lot. Good in the boxing game, I think. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, I've got no more questions, so thank you for taking no the time to come on today, Jay. Thank you, Tara. Thank you.